0: This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from the work they do so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. This show features interviews with people who've already created success in their lives and businesses and stories about everyday people living extraordinary lives. It's time for you to add value. My guest today, Tina Brandau, Tina is a success coach specializing in helping leaders and entrepreneurs navigate change so they can reach the other side stronger, faster, and more resilient. She is a thoughtful, solutions-focused, no-holds-barred coach who spent three decades as a senior executive and officer of companies ranging from startups to billion-dollar organizations before becoming an entrepreneur herself. Tina, thank you so much for joining today, and I'm just excited to... uh, share your story and just all of the elements that uh, have led to you helping entrepreneurs.
1: I am so excited to be here with you today. I really am. Thank you for the invite. And I really look forward to diving deep with you. This is such a great conversation to have.
0: All right. So tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and what uh, led you to uh, coaching entrepreneurs
1: so there's a couple of things that have led me to be to coaching entrepreneurs one i'm married to an entrepreneur a serial entrepreneur so i've been in the entrepreneurial world and am a um, entrepreneur myself or have been for 30 years he and i have owned several companies together but i also was in corporate america for a really really long time and while i was in corporate america i really helped them reach their goals, help them hit the different peaks that they wanted to hit. And I woke up one day and said, why am I helping corporations make money for shareholders? Why not help people build their dreams? And I just woke up with a knowing that it was time for me not to do it to build shareholder wealth, but Mm -hmm. to help people build their dreams. So I literally walked away from my career and started coaching and helping entrepreneurs really reach their goals and do the same thing I was doing in the corporate realm, but for purpose instead.
0: Nice. So let's, uh, let's share a little bit about um, what what was the biggest challenge in, in transitioning to entrepreneurship?
1: So when you first step into entrepreneurship, especially if you've been in corporate America for any period of time, you're surrounded by all kinds of resources and all of a sudden you're the lone wolf and lone wolves are not prepared to be lone wolves. So I think the hardest piece was, especially since I've stepped into it in the digital world. So doing digital courses and digital products and digital things, it's a whole different realm. And honestly, it's a subculture that you don't know exists until you step into it. So I think the learning curve was much more vast than I ever anticipated it being. And another thing that really does happen is immediately, and I think most of us deal with this, although I will say, I don't think all of us will actually admit it. Most of us deal with imposter syndrome. Oh my gosh, this big shiny person over here is making $5 million a year. And I have one little product. How am I going to do this? How am I going to make this work? How am I going to find my people? How am I? How am I? How am I? And we do this to ourselves right we step into this and imposter syndrome happens in the corporate world but i'm seeing it with the entrepreneurial space so much bigger and what's really ironic to me about it is that you have so many people in the entrepreneurial space who are masterful at what they do truly masterful at what they do who immediately forget it and that's what imposter syndrome does to us we completely forget all of our successes and you go who am i to do this well who you are to do this is who you have been becoming all these years. That's exactly who you are. And it's so inspiring when they finally go, oh my gosh, I'm doing this to myself. And they run forward. It's not step forward. It's run forward. So there is this huge element of imposter syndrome that happens to almost every new entrepreneur. I think Seth Godin puts it very, very well in his book, The Dip. I don't know if you've ever read it you're going to hit that dip everyone hits that dip and you have to decide very very quickly do i blow through it or do i quit and do something different and instead what we like to do is we like to get in it and stay in it and ruminate for a while so i really think every every entrepreneur i've worked with throughout the years now have all hit that dip we have all struggled with imposter syndrome somewhere i don't care and you know one of my coaches he's an amazing man sold millions of dollars of product. And he's like, you know, I thought about going back to corporate America, three months in, six months in, 10 months in, two years in, I just wasn't sure. We're never gonna be sure. There are no guarantees in life. Well, and I'll tell you a story about no guarantees in life in a little bit, but there are no guarantees in life. But what we do know is that we're all going to bump up against our stuff.
0: Absolutely. <clears throat> so what, uh... What helped you the most with imposter syndrome?
1: Well, with the imposter syndrome, the first and foremost thing that we can always do is take a step back and really force ourselves. And it's a force because at the time we're trying to blind ourselves. I say, break out your bottle of Windex and clear off the glass so you can actually look in the mirror and see all the successes that you've had stacked together and really go back to them and think about what you did in that moment, how you showed up in that moment, what it was that made that such a success for you. And when you can get back into that, you can apply that in the current moment to pull yourself through. And also surrounding yourself by people who can help remind you is a huge piece of it. You know, having a great support system. They say, and Jim Rohn said this for years, you become like the five people you spend the most time with. Spend time with people who celebrate your successes, who know your successes, who will remind you of your successes. Because imposter syndrome comes at you from different angles. Whether it is as a parent, as an entrepreneur, as a spouse, I mean, we all get imposter syndrome throughout different places. So having someone help pull you through it by reminding you of your successes is also a key piece of it.
0: Nice. So you mentioned adversity and, and you know, you know, never know about tomorrow.
1: Yes. So I'd like to, if I may, talk about my wall for a moment. Can I talk about my wall?
0: Absolutely.
1: So I'm going to scoot over a little bit here. So... On my wall, you will see a picture of a tree path, a wooded area with a running path on it. That picture will probably have no significance to most people. Some people will go, oh cool, there's rays of sunlight coming through, it looks good. But that picture to me says, today is a gift, enjoy it. And let me tell you why. It's been about 14 years ago now. I went for a run, I was training for a marathon. Now I understand I don't look like I'm a marathon runner, but I was a marathon runner. And I went for a run and wanted a tree in a wooded area that looks very, very, very eerily similar to this. The tree fell as I was running, and it hit me. It hit me, causing me severe brain damage. I actually had a traumatic brain injury. I still have. I guess you never, ever get rid of a traumatic brain injury, uh, but I had a uh, traumatic brain injury, and um, because it hit me, it came down, hit me in the head. It compacted my spine, and when you have that force of nature come through your body, the energy has to come out somewhere. So it came up my low back and destroyed my low back. So i had all kinds of challenges and problems with it. And the doctors actually told my husband, she's a living miracle. And I'm thinking to myself living miracle. Okay, first of all, I wasn't thinking anything in the moment, but as I heard the story many, many, many months later, I was like, wow, I'm a miracle. Why am I a miracle? The story is this, we have so many trees and rocks and things that fall. But people arrive in the emergency room is dead on arrival. They don't survive them to hear them. You don't hear about them. You don't have people survive and tell you about them. So why this tree is so important to me is one, I'm still here. Two, I came back. They told my husband, she's a miracle. And then later she will never function beyond that of a three-year-old. So they were wrong. And there is always hope. There is 1000% always hope and that life, can get you really down you can get to a place where you feel like you have no resiliency left i've been there i get that but when i look at this picture it reminds me the path is not done yet and there is still light shining on the other side you have to keep running and that is why i said you don't know what life is going to hand you i don't think i function like a three-year-old anymore although some days i love to have that childlike (laughs) joy back but at the end of the day that light is still pulling me forward and you know there is much to be said about developing resiliency through having to start over. And that's one of the other things I would say to you about entrepreneurs. We try to chase all the shiny things and we try to go after this thing to fix this and this thing to fix that. And when in reality, what we really need to do is go back to the basics. Because when you can peel back to your basics and build from those, you have a foundation. And so for me, I had to go back to my basics. I had to remember that I've dealt with adversity before. We've all dealt with adversity before. We've all dealt with setbacks before. So going back to that place and remembering, I've made it through, I can make it through again. And that really is part of your entrepreneurial journey as well, is going back to your basics.
0: Absolutely. Well, certainly glad that the tree didn't win and uh, that you've persevered. Me too. (laughs) Um, So, so what, What in your recovery has has helped you in your entrepreneurial journey?
1: So one of the things that happens when you are literally at rock bottom, I mean, you can't feed yourself, you can't walk, is that you have to learn to be completely dependent. And I went from being uber independent. Okay, I'm just going to own it. I am over type A. There is there's not an A plus 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 enough for the type person I was to becoming completely independent dependent. And I think what that does is strips away a lot of the things that we put around ourselves, right? So you you develop a vulnerability and an empathy that you didn't have before. And I think that vulnerability and empathy is what really makes you a really good entrepreneur as well. Because you can put yourself in those other people's shoes so much more than before. Because to be honest, you need to understand your client, your consumer, your customer, your people, whatever you call them, your soulmate, client, however you define them. You have to know them and understand them. And I think the resiliency and the journey I went on gave me a deep understanding of empathy and vulnerability because I had to live it. And those two words are not words that people like to use in business, by the way.
0: (laughs) Which is too bad because they're pretty important.
1: They are very important.
0: (laughs) So obviously, with your type A personality, you you have a great deal of confidence. But I assume in the recovery process of starting over, that that confidence waned. What helped you through that?
1: So first of all, I really appreciate the fact that you say I have a lot of confidence. I don't have a lot of confidence, actually. I present as I have a lot of confidence. Um, Although, confidence in and of itself comes with clarity. So I don't believe anyone has a lot of confidence. I think people gain confidence through clarity. And when I say through clarity, when you take action and you get a reaction from it, that's a positive, it builds that confidence. So I started with zero confidence afterwards. I mean, literally I couldn't not put food on a fork and put it to my mouth. You cannot be super confident when that happens. Right? I mean, you're not confident. You can walk to the bathroom ever again in your life. There is no confidence. First of all, I was confident of one thing. I didn't die for a reason. Okay. That's, that's what I knew. I didn't die for a reason. I have no idea what that reason was but I know I didn't die for a reason, but your confidence is so low at that point. And here's the other thing. Um, I don't care how successful you get when you have a setback, your confidence is like a pool that somebody has started to pull the drain plug on. Okay, it drops quickly. (laughs) And the way you fix that is so simple, but none of us like to do it. And that's take action. Because when our confidence goes down, We like to stop taking action. So we need the antidote, which is to take more action because the more action you take, yes, you may get rejections. Yes, you may have failures. Yes, you may bump up against it, but you're going to also get that clarity. And with your clarity, you're going to get more confidence back in place.
0: Nice. (laughs) It's so good. So after your injury, you went back to work. and and you mentioned what you know, your desire instead of serving corporate america you want to serve entrepreneurs um what what helped you build build an audience what helped you build a following so
1: the first thing that helped me build a following is that i was coaching inside corporate america and so i, I guess how do i say this without sounding I'm just going to say it. Every company has turnover, right? So people would leave the organization and want to still coach with me. So that built me an audience right there in and of itself. And then I went, so how do I get into this noisy, busy world of this online space? How do I do that? And so I tried every gimmick you can imagine. And I mean gimmick. I gave away things. I offered free things. I showed up and did stuff. I did everything. And what I found was I was doing the tactics I wasn't doing the connecting
0: mm.
1: and there's a huge difference between those two. So how do you actually then build a following is I started showing up and I, st- I just had a complete mind shift change. So I actually started my business. Um, this business, my other businesses entrepreneurially uh, have been around for a long time, but my, um, this business I started five years ago. And so in doing that, I decided one day that I was not selling anybody anything ever again. I just was not selling anybody anything ever again. And I was just going to show up, have fun and serve people. And I was like, I don't need this side business. I do this because people had approached me and wanted me to continue to coach them. So I would do that. And so I'm not going to go out and sell other people. I'm just going to show up places and have fun pour into people, serve people while I have the opportunity to. And so I shifted my mindset real quickly. So I had spent my time in corporate America and in my business focused on really aspiring. And so I decided to go from aspiring to inspiring. And when I did that and so now I say I went from aspiring before I expire to inspiring before I expire. Right. So that's my goal now. And so when I started showing up and serving people, life changed. And that's how I started getting, I had people come to me and say, well, can I work with you? I'm like, how do I even know you? I love this. This is awesome. So you show up and you serve people. They get to know you, they get to trust you. They get, first of all, they get to see you, they get to know you, they get to trust you and then they love you. And the reality of it is people are so unbelievably disconnected right now. They just need somebody who will help them, believe in them, kick them in the ass when they need to be kicked in. I don't know if I can swear on your podcast. I apologize.
0: You just did, so basically it's okay. Okay.
1: So kick, give them a nudge when they need a nudge. Speak the truth to them because so many times they don't have someone in their life who will speak truth to them. You know, if you, if you continue to hit the same wall, there's something about your behavior that needs to change. But a lot of people won't tell them that. The thing is, it, it's kind of like, it's like having a mentor and a coach in one is really what most people need. So they get that connection in life right now.
0: Absolutely. And so, so what's helped you build connections, obviously just being yourself, um, Gotta
1: be, you know, what the vulnerability, rip that mask off people. People do not want to see your mask in this day and age. And I got news for you. We spend a lot of time on masks. I'm going to tell you a quick story if I may. After my accident, I had coached with a gentleman who was a billionaire with a B not an M billionaire businessman, brilliant human being, probably the brightest person I have ever had the pleasure of even being in a room with. Okay. Brilliant man, coaching with him, closed deals like that. And I'm not talking little deals. I'm talking like life changing deals like that. After my accident, he came to my house. I was in my healing process. And he sat down on the couch with me and he started chatting with me. And he says to me, you know, I really don't know how I got here. I really don't know that I know what I'm doing. And I really think they're going to figure it out one day. (laughs) And I just looked at him and I said, are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. Let's walk through your life. And then he says to me, he said, you're safe to talk to now. And he literally ripped off this mask that I had been seeing him wear for 10 years I had known him and worked with him. And he ripped off that mask. When I became vulnerable, he became vulnerable. So getting to the place where you pull off that mask changes how everyone else reacts to you.
0: Absolutely, I think uh, not just the vulnerability but the authenticity. Right. And, mm-hmm. and authenticity obviously gets gets thrown around a lot. But just being being your true self, mm-hmm. just being being who you are instead of who you think people think you are. Right. Um, creates creates great opportunity. Um, and so that's that's really good. So let's talk about um, character as an entrepreneur.
1: So there is only one word in all leadership that I think matters. And people get really like tense when I say that, but there's only one word in all of leadership in your life that really matters. And that's integrity Hmm. because from integrity, everything else flows. So when it talks about character, I think you have to start with integrity and integrity to me means something big. It's not just doing what's expected of you, right? It's not just doing what you say you will do. So if I said to you, I will show up on Tuesday, that's a given, but integrity goes another level to me. Integrity is also doing what's expected of you when it's not said. So Mm -hmm. if you're a leader and you're ignoring behaviors or you're ignoring things that are happening around you, that's not an integrity and people will pick up on it around you and you lose respect so quickly and that's true with your clients, it's true, true with your customers. So integrity to me is the first and foremost character piece. That every person needs to focus on because everything else flows from that.
0: Absolutely, and it impacts at every level, right from mm-hmm. from the person working at McDonald's to to your billionaire friend. Yes. At, at every level, you can you can give that up, and and obviously it impacts your life and business. So. Mm-hmm.
1: And integrity is something that you can lose very easily, especially if we're entrepreneurs, because your integrity means. Following your values. And the thing I find very, very interesting to me is a lot of people don't know what their values or their vision actually are. Mm -hmm. They have no idea what their values or vision are. And if you don't have those two things locked down, you can't make good decisions. And it's not hard to lock down, but you have to lock them down. Ironically, let's assume that I'm going to assume this for a moment. We're going to go a little left turn if it's okay with you. Let's assume that you got a million dollar project dropped in your lap that's completely out of line with your values and you went for it because it's money. (laughs) I love your face when I said that. I love your face when I said that because it's so out of line with your values that you're out of integrity and you're thinking, but the money, but the money I can guarantee you that going after that project You will be miserable because you're living out of integrity with yourself. And at the end of the day, when you lay your head down at night, knowing that you showed up and you served people and you did what was right, not what was easy, let's face it, easy is rarely right and right is rarely easy, okay? (laughs) So when you show up at night, when you lay your head down at night, if you're out of integrity, man, life is just not good. You want happiness, you want joy, you want peace, live in integrity.
0: So powerful. Um, And and people know, right, if if you've if you've given that up or you or you've sacrificed your integrity. um, I love that. The very first two things that I do with all my clients is vision and values. And so, (laughs) yeah, it's uh, it's so foundational, right? Because, Because knowing your values helps you, you know, is this decision I'm making in alignment with where I'm going and and with what I believe in? Um, so so knowing yourself is is almost more important than knowing who you serve. Absolutely. <laughs> and, if
1: you don't know yourself, you shouldn't be serving anybody yet.
0: There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, obviously, you mentioned um, recognizing that every day matters. And, and so there's an element of, of gratitude in that. Um, how, how has gratitude helped you um, maybe through your recovery, but also in as an entrepreneur in your personal growth journey? So
1: I started, gosh, 30 years ago, living in a, with an attitude of gratitude. And I believe I honestly, and I know it sounds cliche, but I have forever said this and it's your attitude will determine your altitude. It will determine how high you go in this world. And I know it sounds super cliche, but it's true. I started 30 years ago. I wish I, I wish I'd known you were going to ask me this question. Cause I would have brought them in here with me. I started 30 years ago a process that I have every person I work with do. And it's so simple, but it changes your life. And I know everyone says, this is all woo-woo. No, it's not woo-woo. This Mm -hmm. is neuroscience, guys. This is activating your brain. And I had to learn to do this over again. So in the neuroscience world, gratitude actually lights up a different part of your brain when it's on a scan, okay? Mm -hmm. So what I started doing 30 years ago, so I have I can't even do the math in my head right now, but I would every morning write down five things I'm grateful for. Super simple. Right. And I would say them out loud. I added that step a couple years in, but I would write them down. And then at the end of the day, I would add five unduplicated items. Nice. So unduplicated. And in 30 days, you end up with 300 things you're grateful for. And I will tell you in the beginning, it's hard it is hard because you're like, God, I'm not grateful. Somebody, you know, they cut me off in traffic today and so-and-so was mean to me at work today. And this thing didn't go right today. And that client didn't show up and this thing happened. So all that it comes out. Right. But what happens is you start developing these patterns and you start digging deeper and deeper. And what we know is that our brain likes to see what we're seeking. So you see what you seek and you seek what you see. When you are looking for gratitude, you will find more gratitude. So I would tell everybody that I work with that they had to do five in the morning and five in the afternoon or five in the evening before they went to bed. And I always get pushback. I don't have time for that. You really, it's 10 seconds, guys. And I said, so here's the first one. I don't have to talk to you anymore right now. I, I'm done with this exercise by writing this one down right now. I've written down three things that I like and I'm grateful that this pen is working. I have paper to write on. I mean, it's that simple when you start. And so when you get down to, after you get through the perfunctory and you actually embrace doing this, you really get deep and you know, most of us are thankful for our kids or our parents or our dog or our family, or our spouse or our significant other, or our friends, that is great but I guarantee you there is so much in the substrata that you are just elated with that you're not even thinking about make it presence of mind and it changes your life. So I I challenge all of your listeners today to try that. And if you don't want to do five in the morning and five at night, that's fine. Do five in the morning, but keep them unduplicated and read them out loud because the auditory senses of your brain actually work different than your visual and there's a whole science to that but we won't go into it just trust me say it out loud and it makes a difference
0: absolutely and uh there's definitely power in your brain hearing your own voice say not just not just your im's but i uh i encourage my clients to read their vision uh, yes as if as if they're talking to a friend sitting across the table three years from now what's your business look like and what's happening in your life and tell the story out loud out loud. Because hearing hearing your voice say those things changes what's happening in your brain. It does. So neuroscience proves it. So let's talk a little bit about neuroscience. And, yes. and obviously the doctor said your brain was not gonna recover and you were gonna be like a three-year-old. Um, so what did your brain do?
1: <laughs> so I'll get a little technical with you if I may. So I actually had a thing that was called a coup contra coup brainstem injury. So what that means is that when I got hit, it bounced my brain off one side, off the other and downward to to bruise your brainstem. So basically the simplest way to describe it is my entire brain was damaged. So most people damage one area of their brain, not me. I went for the trifecta. I got all three. So what actually happened was my memories were gone. Interestingly enough, there were a few hard coded memories that were still there. So, I knew my husband. I knew my daughter. I knew my son. I knew my mom and my dad. I did not know my brother. I did not know my sister. And I did not know my dog. Now, Mm -hmm. my dog, I had had longer than I had my kids, and I still (laughs) did not know them. So your brain has an automaticity to it, but it also has neuroplasticity to it. So automaticity is those things that we do on automation. So when you get up in the morning, you have your morning routine that you get out of bed, you go to the bathroom, you do what you do, you make your cup of coffee and you have you ever driven somewhere and you got to where you were going. And you don't remember how you got there. We all do. We all do because that's your automaticity. But the neuroplasticity is how all the neurons connect to each other and some of mine were connecting, but the majority were not so. What ended up happening is I had to reprogram through activities and motor find motor skills. Like So one of the things that happens is your brain, obviously your brain controls the sides of your body, right? When I would go to clap my hands, my hands would pass each other. They would not actually connect to clap. So it, unfortunately for me meant that I had to learn how to make for reconnect the sides of my body to work together. So there is a lot of Neural pathways, we used to think that they could not be reconnected, right? We used to think that once they were damaged, they could never be reconnected. But neural pathways are continually reconnecting and connecting to new areas. We know so little about the brain and its capacity that there is so much more to be done. I mean, doctors would tell me on a regular basis, we only know this much. We only know this much. We know what's happening to you, but we can't exactly tell you why let's try this and it was tried because we're exploring the brain so when it comes to how did you get it back it was a lot of repetition it was a lot of brain activity games it was a lot of particular exercises to do and i think the biggest piece of it for me personally was the thought that the biggest lesson i got out of all this is how many preconceived notions i actually had because when your preconceived notions are gone, <laughs> you realize you had a lot of them, a lot of them. And I'll give you listeners one quick little thought about this. And that is when you talk about preconceived notions, one of the areas that, we, that most of us have, okay, I'm just going to say all of us have, is food. We know what we like and we know what we don't like. When my preconceived notions were gone, I didn't know what I liked or didn't like. So my family refused to tell me, I shouldn't say refuse, they chose, they chose to tell me, not tell me what I liked and what I didn't like. And I'm going to tell you a little quick snippet here. And that is that hmm. I despise tuna fish. I'm sorry for all you tuna fish lovers, but <laughs> I despise tuna fish. Like don't even open a can of tuna fish in the house with me. I also do not like bean with ham soup. And I live in the Midwest and bean with ham soup is something that you find everywhere. And I just don't like bean with ham soup. Well, turns out that when your preconceived notions are gone, you don't remember that. You can open a can of tuna fish in the house with me. I even ate tuna fish. I'm still not a fan of it, I gotta say. Still not a fan, but I didn't know I didn't like it. So I tried it again with a completely open mind. I also now love, and that's why I said I know it's everywhere because I now love bean with ham soup and I will eat bean with ham soup whenever I can find a good bean with ham soup. So. Something I would have never stayed in the house with before when all of my preconceived notions are gone are now my favorite things in the world. So I ask people all the time in my world to to stop and say, if you didn't think this right now, what would be possible? If you could let that thought go, what would be possible? So if you get stuck and you don't know what to do, ask yourself, if you were Tina right now and you had a can of tuna fish, would you be able to open it? would you be able to force yourself to open that can of tuna fish and once you actually start opening your tuna life changes
0: my wife would say you still know (laughs) i would have
1: sworn to you that i would have never opened a can of tuna fish anywhere within 10 miles of my home i'm serious today it doesn't bother me
0: (laughs) well at least you still don't have to eat it
1: (laughs) i know i don't
0: (laughs) so what have mentors meant on your journey
1: oh oh i think you can see my whole body um i have been amazingly blessed with the best mentors in the world some of the best business minds in the world have come alongside me um, some of the world's best coaches have been alongside me in this as well um, and i really think that sometimes we need borrowed belief right and that meant the world to me in the middle of my recovery is the borrowed belief because the doctors didn't believe the doctors did not believe that I was going to make it. So borrowed belief is so, so important. And I know a lot of people say fake it till you make it. It's not fake it till you make it fake it till you make it doesn't work. I have been the only woman in an executive role in an all male industry before faking it till you make it doesn't work because you're faking it. So you can do two things. One is borrow belief but have someone who believes in you that that you actually latch onto and you believe like they believe even if you're not believing it in the moment you believe what they believe and you move in that direction and you will get that belief if you do that the other way to deal with it is to have you um Believe as if, so act as if this is happening. That's very different than faking it. So right. if I am this, this is how I behave, and so you change your behavior, you change your actions. It's not faking it. I heard so uh, mentors to me have met the absolute world. I don't believe I, I. Today, I have four coaches. Today, I have four coaches. Today, they coach me in different things. I do not believe that anybody in this world can go it alone. And honestly, that's why I came into the entrepreneurship um, space is I want to help people grow their businesses because they don't have the resources that corporate America does. And personally, it would do me nothing greater than to be able to reach down, grab somebody's hand and pull them up to where I am. Let them come along the journey. You know, when you hit your 50s, you start living for impact, right? So we know that we know that everyone wakes up and goes, wow, what am I going to do for impact? This is just a it truly is a phase that people go through in life. And it's not a midlife crisis. It's about impact. And so when you reach that stage, it's time to turn around and help the next generation. And that's really a big part of my impetus is reach down and help the next people climb up quickly.
0: Nice. I like that. So do you have a specific niche with entrepreneurs?
1: So I have a real soft spot for women, for female entrepreneurs. I have a real soft spot for female entrepreneurs, but honestly, I also have a lot of powerful energy. So I attract a lot of males into my world, but my soft spot is female entrepreneurs. And particularly, um, I, I have a lot of people in the creative space as well.
0: Nice creatives as in.
1: So a lot of people who are into the arts a lot of people who are in um, life coaching. I do a lot of coaching with life coaches. Um, The um, virtual uh, assistants, graphic arts, kind of arts area as well. Okay,
0: very nice.
1: Musicians, lots of musicians.
0: (laughs) All right, so we kind of mentioned tuna fish. Gonna change things up. What? What was, what's your favorite dinner now that you've reset?
1: <laughs> oh, my favorite dinner. Um, well, hmm. So, I am still very very much a seafood girl. So, I still want my fresh shrimp, fresh scallops. I still want my seafood.
0: Okay. And How about then, you? Uh, um, I'm a steak and potatoes guy, I guess.
1: Okay.
0: I was born in Wisconsin, so that's what Meat, potatoes, and vegetable was pretty yeah. much every plate <laughs> growing up. Um, so
1: I'll be honest with you, my favorite food is food that's cooked for me.
0: <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, so what was your most memorable date? Obviously, memories change now, so maybe it's a shorter, <laughs> closer one. But
1: my favorite memory. Um, Hmm. That's a tough one. My favorite memory. Gosh, that's a hard one for me. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, I think my favorite memory would have to still be my, um, my
0: wedding day. That would have to be my favorite memory still. Nice. And And I
1: have that back. I got that one back.
0: Nice. Yeah. So you were able to recover some of your memories.
1: I was. Um, Interestingly enough, the foods that we love are typically your experience with the memory that goes with it into your long-term memory. So the emotion connects and goes into long-term memory. So some of my favorite things um, that I love to eat, I didn't love anymore because my long-term memory was gone from them. That emotion was gone from them. But, um, I still do uh, have most of my memory back. There's still some holes, but I've got most of it back.
0: Nice. That's very good. So what inspires you?
1: Serving people. Nice. Serving people. I am a person of faith and I believe that we're put here to serve people. And I believe that we're here to make a difference in this world. And that lights me up beyond all words.
0: Nice. And I believe that's that the root of entrepreneurship, right? Is there's a gift inside each one of us to, to serve humanity in some way and and entrepreneurship is the opportunity to put that gift into work. And and if your gift is aligned with the service you're providing, um, you you won't fail. That's exactly it.
1: It's it's definitely um, not going to be easy. No one
0: promises an easy road
1: though. So, but service is where it's got to start. Just like I said, stop selling and start serving and life changes for you.
0: Absolutely. So, so what is your big dream?
1: My big dream is a world filled with entrepreneurs following their passion that are confident, loving life, and turning around and helping the next generation do that. When I lay my head down for the last time, I want people to say, she helped me get to where I got to. I wanna do that same for someone else.
0: Very nice. That's terrific. All right, so one of those young entrepreneurs is, is sitting across from Tina what are, what are Tina's words of wisdom to leave them with?
1: Remember you've been where you are right now before. Remember that you know exactly how to get out of this. And the very best way to get out of this space, if you're in a hard time, is to get out of your head and to get into action. If you don't know how to do that, do something. Take that first step, take a tiny step. It doesn't have to be big. You can send one email, you can do one thing. That builds momentum and momentum changes everything. Don't forget who you are, know who you are, know that in your core. And most importantly, and this is huge, Along my healing journey, remember I could not use my hands. I had to pick up one tiny little pea with a pair of tweezers and move it to another cup. And it took me a month to do one pea. Wow. And most people would say, gosh, one pea. No, for me, I threw a party, I celebrated, I did it all. And you have to, too. I don't care how many times you fail. The faster you get up, the better you will be. And God knows I've been knocked down hard. Getting back up is the key. And most importantly, celebrate when you do, because that will keep you moving forward. And that, my friends, is how we succeed in life.
0: Absolutely. And the great thing about 1P is that, I know I've done it. Now I can do the second one and That's the exactly third one. <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly it. Practice
1: Tina. makes progress.
0: Absolutely. And and persistence. <laughs> yeah. Doing something every day just makes it easier and easier. So
1: I refer to it as your resiliency muscle. You have to develop it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Tina, thank you so much for sharing with us today. And I'm just uh, glad that that, uh, you're still with us so you could share the story and uh, obviously so you could continue helping um, entrepreneurs and and lifting up that next generation.
1: Well, I'm just humbled to be here. May I offer my contact information to your audience?
0: Absolutely. And we'll include it in the description as well. So Fantastic. So they
1: can always reach me. I give out my personal email because I love to connect with people now. I am Tina at successcoachingsolutions.com. Feel free to drop me an email. Feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to connect and get to know each of you. Well,
0: if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe. We have a free gift for you at add value number two entrepreneurs.com. We've created a collection of the top tips that have been shared on our show for entrepreneurs. Do you struggle with procrastination putting off the work until the last minute? Well, you are not alone. Many of our clients start there. We are launching a new five-day challenge to help you take more action and make more money in your business. Each day is a 10-minute video lesson and a worksheet. If you take 15 to 30 minutes to do the worksheet, it will change your life in business and exponentially increase the amount of work you get done each day. Right now, it is only $27 and contains five of our best tools for helping you move forward. It can be found at life.com slash action. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.